Before jumping into the show, you may have noticed that the podcast has a new name. This episode was recorded when the podcast was called Backstage Chats with Women in Music, a production of the nonprofit Horizon Music Foundation. Horizon Music has since transitioned to a for-profit business model, which has already proven to be more effective at serving women in music in many ways. We have since updated the podcast name to Horizon Music. To maintain the integrity of the show, the original recording has not been edited. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. We have many more episodes on the horizon. Now, let's start the show. We are artists. We are singers. We are writers of these words. We are dreamers. We're creators. We are travelers of this world. We all sing our own song. We all write our own words. We will share what we know. We will gather here and grow. Welcome back to another episode of Backstage Chats with Women in Music. I'm your host, Thea Wood. And today, I met our next guest at Tex Chromosome Block Party in Austin, Texas during South by Southwest 2022. And after hearing her story, I knew I had to share it with y'all. A born creative, she spent her formative years painting and eventually opened a graphic design firm with her husband in 2000. Their path led them to Peru, an experience that changed her life professionally and artistically. One day, she picked up a guitar and started songwriting. Since then, she has moved back to Austin, Texas. She's become a mother. She's recorded four albums and two EPs and started the nonprofit Home Street Music, where she introduces the healing power of music to people living on the streets. Please welcome the musician, singer, songwriter, painter, and philanthropist who puts her guitar and paintbrush where her heart is, the talented Vanessa Lively. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here, Vanessa. You know, we haven't seen each other since the spring and now we're in the fall. We start off every conversation with our shakedown questions, which is a set of questions we ask all of our special guests and they're kind of short answer. Are you ready for the shakedown? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Let's shake it. Let's shake it. Okay. (laughs) Well, the first question is my, I think my favorite, who was your first concert? Ooh, I'm not sure a hundred percent, but my first concert that I absolutely remember is Tori Amos in the nineties, um, at the majestic theater in San Antonio, Texas. And she was by herself, um, solo concert. And it was like majestic and magnificent in every way and totally rocked me to the core. And I feel like that was probably pretty instrumental in me wanting to do this, you know, on some deep level. What was the first album you bought with your own money? Pearl Jam 10 with, with all those great songs. <laughs> I don't remember. Can't pull them up in my head, but yeah, that one. Yeah, that's I just when they exploded album. on MTV. Woo. It was great. Oh, I'm a huge yeah. Pearl Jam fan. Oh, I love that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next, which artist or band is in heavy rotation on your playlist now? Ooh, now at this moment in time, it's probably Ben Bedford because we're getting ready to play a like a, a stretch of shows together in two weeks. And so I am currently trying to learn harmonies on his new songs. And so I'm listening to it on repeat. So that's the heaviest rotation at the moment. Well, that's a pretty good reason for it being in heavy rotation. Yeah, he's a songwriter from Illinois. Uh, next question. Which woman has had the most influence on your career? Ani DeFranco. I think I got a tape of some Ani DeFranco songs when I was maybe 14 years old or so. 
And then I bought a CD from Barnes and Noble bookstore um, that was called Up, 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 Up. I don't know how many ups there are, but a lot of ups. Um, And that CD I listened to so much, and I've gone to a handful of her concerts, and her boldness and creativity and kind of constantly pushing every boundary and edge possible uh, with being an independent woman artist that just she didn't abide by any rules. And I was so inspired by her fiery, bold way of living and singing. And so, yeah, she was just a, a huge inspiration for yeah, me. Yeah, a role model in so many ways. If you could have dinner with any woman, dead or alive, who would it be? Ooh, Frida Kahlo. I'll tell you a very funny anecdote on Frida really fast. And that is that my sons want to go to her, we- her gravesite. I almost said website her grave site, and they want to dig up her bones. Very strange, I know. But it's like, I don't remember why, but I told them some bedtime story years ago about Frida. And then they asked where she was, and I said she was not alive anymore. And then they said, well, where's her body? And I said, probably in Mexico. And they said, can we go and and, and dig up her bones. And I was like, what? No. Um, and like for years they kept asking, I think it was my son, Nico, the younger one kept asking if he could do that. So he's got this strange, uh, obsession with wanting to like go to Mexico and see her bones. I think that part of the story was kind of traumatic for him. I talked about her accident mm. and I think he wants to see what it looks like in her body. Cause she suffered so much um, physical damage to her body and pain and pain and and painted from that reclined position. And so I, that was part of the story of her life when I shared the story at, you know, at this story time. And I think he maybe just has an interest in like seeing her body. If she was at dinner, I could have her talk to my children directly and talk to talk about her life and stuff. They wouldn't have to dig up her bones. Oh my gosh. That would be such a fascinating conversation. (laughs) It would. Yeah. Okay, next question. What is one life goal you'd like to accomplish before climbing that golden stairway to heaven? I mean, I know this sounds cheesy to say, but I feel like I'm living that, you know, dream and vision just day in and day out these days, um, which is I've been really committed to wanting to live a creative, passionate life where I really follow my intuition and I follow my heart's desires and my, my inner calling. And I am really living that even though it's not always an easy path, I'm doing it. And so I feel like my desire has always been lately to be able to continue to sustain this path that I'm on right now, because financially it's not always the easiest pathway to be a full-time dedicated artist. Um, You know, you don't, you don't get paid a whole lot to be a creative. You don't get paid for the hours that you work and create and observe and learn, you know, um, it's not like a nine to five job. And so we don't have patrons of the arts in the traditional sense. And I just want to be able to live the rest of my days doing this creative job that I love. A lot of people don't realize that they see the glitz and the glamour on TV and hear it on the radio and podcasts. And it's, it's, it's a job whether you're getting paid for it or not. And even though it's your passion and you love it, it is, it's still, you're working it as your livelihood. Yeah. And it's, and it's definitely changed now that I've got two young children and I'm a 
you know, I'm a, I'm a mom without a partner in my home. And so, you know, even though obviously I co-parent with their dad, um, I'm, I'm the head of my household of three and a cat. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a lot of responsibility for an artist and, um, and my children eat a ton (laughs) because they're growing boys. And I'm just like, why do you have to have six meals a day? But they want six meals a day. Of course they do. And I always want to feed them. They're, you know, they're so tiny and they're like little bees (laughs) that run a million miles an hour. So, (laughs) you know, it's, it's been a little bit of a shift for me. Um, but I still feel so dedicated to this path because I've been, I've been on it since, you know, about 2004 or five and, and I love it. Live your truth, live your passion. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break for the quick message. And then we're going to be right back with Vanessa Lively. Are you ready to level up your pricing policy and learn smart negotiation strategies as a woman in the music industry? We hear you. Join Horizon Music on July 24th at the world-famous Antones in Austin for a free lunch and learn featuring guest speaker Wendy Colonna of Crescendo Creative. Wendy is a CCA certified career coach who will reveal top pricing and negotiation strategies so you can land that gig or contract. Whatever your role in the industry, this conversation is for you. Wendy will cover how to determine your price points, main factors to consider when negotiating terms, and as a bonus, you'll get a customizable pricing sheet template to take home. Erin Walter of Parker Woodland in Butch County will be opening the event, and you'll also meet Lurleen Ladd of Wavemakers, who is sharing some exciting news for women who want to pursue a music career as their second act. Wendy and Thea will discuss the event with Tex Chromosome radio show host Penny Jo Polis on Thursday, June 29th on KOOP Radio. This Lunch and Learn is a great chance to talk shop with 30-plus like-minded women and build a support network. You're never alone when we collaborate for mutual success. Once you join us, invite your sisters in music. There is limited space, so please reserve your free seats today. Go to eventbrite.com and search Horizon Music. That's H-E-R-I-Z-O-N Music. Don't forget to invite a friend. Reserve your seats today. We look forward to seeing you at Antone's in Austin, Texas on July 24th. And we're back with Vanessa Lively from Austin, Texas. And today we are talking about Vanessa's journey toward uh, from painter to musician to activist and 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 it's not transitioning but actually building upon those things and uh, I guess I'd kind of like to start off from uh, early on because you did start off as a painter and studying fine arts and then when you went to Peru something clicked and you decided to take a leap and try your hand at being a musician and a songwriter What was it that inspired that change? I was always involved in music um, and and singing and adoring music. And then I was was in a a couple of different bands at the age of 15, 14, 15, 16 about. Um, I was in a funk band, I think 15 and 16 and 17. They were called Bucket Funk in San Antonio. And so I was a backup singer and a dancer. like, you know, soul dancer. And, um, and then I was in a Greek gypsy band when I was 18 and 19 and 20. Vanessa, are you Greek? Nope. I, I just had a friend that was Greek and he needed a singer for the band and he had a Greek bazooki. 
and, and he knew I was a singer. And so he brought me in to be the singer. And then my then boyfriend, or maybe he was my friend at the time, later boyfriend, later husband, uh, Jason Lively, um, he came in to the mix at, we were both 18 and we were, we were, had graduated high school at this point. We formed this band post high school in, in our co- young college years. Well, that and Bucket Funk were the first real life experiences for me to see live music and performance as, you know, a, a really wonderfully fun profession and one that I felt I was really good at. It wasn't until 2004 that I wrote my first song. And it wasn't until 2007, when I lived in Ecuador, that I decided to record my collection of songs at that point had grown to be about, you know, maybe 15 songs. And I was like, you know what, I could use a little project to pour some energy into like my own art and craft. And so I went into this mall (laughs) and I would record with all these like traveling musician hippies that I found at this hostel and became friends with. And I'd be like, Hey, I'm recording this album for fun. Do you want to come and like play your fiddle? Do you want to come and do harmonies? We would basically like play music around a campfire. Um, and then I'd take them into the studio and put them on my record. So that was an album that's out of print and it's called let me rise. And that was my first album. And it was the one that set me on, my path as an actual professional musician with my own songs under my belt. Because when I came home from living in South America for a couple of years, I then took that record in hand and, um, and started to tour behind it with Jason. Uh, you know, Jason would accompany me. He's also a musician, as I mentioned. And so he played the charango, an instrument that he learned while we were living in Bolivia. And what is that? And what is the, can you describe this it? This little tiny, you see that hanging right there behind me? Oh, yes. Uh, is this little tiny instrument. Um, He learned how to play from like one of the most famous charanguistas uh, who lives in Bolivia, Cochabamba, Bolivia. Alejandro Camara is his name. When we came back in 2007, at the very beginning of the year, um, Jason just learned all these charango parts to my songs and bass lines. And so he accompanied me on charango, bass, and guitar. Oh, yeah. yeah, we hit the road and started playing all over. And it was just the two of you? Yeah, it was just the two of us. Uh, when we were in town, we would have different, we had a band and stuff too. I put together a band, but on the road, we would play the two of us, or sometimes we would, we would, you know, invite friends that we knew that lived in like Colorado or the East Coast and have guests play with us. Okay, so you're into the songwriting, and this kind of leads me to asking you to share the origin story of your nonprofit, which is Home Street Music. In 2017, I had re- I, I now had two children, both babies, like tiny babies. And I was so sleep deprived. And I noticed that I was saying no to every opportunity, musically speaking, that came my way. Like I just started to uncover these emails and I'd basically be like, oh, I'm too tired or I'm too this or I'm too that. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I was at a women's retreat in early January, 2017. And I started to really like kind of tune into my heart. I had, I didn't have any babies crying. You know, I was, I was in a good headspace to kind of take some time for myself. And I really started to notice how much I missed music, how much I missed art creativity, even though I was still doing it to some capacity, but nothing like pre-motherhood. And I 
was at the same time realizing how much I was rejecting in my career life. And so I made a promise to myself to start saying yes to opportunities instead of just an automatic no. And I think it was that night I got an email from someone on my newsletter email list and they wrote back and said, Hey, Vanessa, there's this music competition that I think you'd be so great at. And it's for activist artists and you should submit a song. And I remember my first thought was like, Oh no, I don't like song contests. (laughs) And then I was like, here the universe was giving you an opportunity to say yes. It actually was like, Oh crap. I just said I was going to start saying yes. And so I emailed back right away and I was like, that sounds great. Thank you for sending this my way. And it was a contest put on by Music to Life, started by Noel Paul Stuckey of Peter, Paul and Mary and his daughter, Liz. And um, and so I responded and I, I actually applied that night because I just wanted to like get the, you know, follow through with my commitment. And so I was like whispering into the camera, my answers to the, they wanted like video responses. And so I was like whispering, I was like, sorry, my kids are asleep, you know, (laughs) and I was whispering, I was on the floor of my bedroom as far from their room I could get. And anyways, this was fast forward to the actual competition. And it was like playing on this giant screen in California. And it was me whispering into a camera. So, uh, here's my idea. Anyways, it was really hilarious. I had no idea it was going to get like screened you know, publicly. That is funny. And which song was it also that you submitted? I think it's called like, we stand with you or something. Um, it was about standing rock and, and it was like a solidarity song of, um, I had just written it, which felt really easy to submit this new demo I had. Cause I was like, Oh, I just wrote this song actually. So I'll submit this song and it's to bring awareness of the issue that's that, you know, the, the pipeline issue that's going on with Standing Rock. I've never decided that I would put that song out publicly. It was just kind of like a prayer chant of a song, mm. but I submitted it anyways. And it ended up, I performed it on the stage in California. And then I got the grant to start this program that I envisioned when they asked me what my dream project in my community would be to like better my community. And I put forth what is now Home Street Music. And how do you describe Home Street Music? It is music circles, music gathering um, for people that have lived chronically on the streets of Austin. So where they've endured a number of years on the streets of Austin or elsewhere, but they you know, have been in Austin as well. I ended up starting this program at a community called Community First Village. And this is in Northeast Austin. And it's basically providing housing for people that have been unhoused for a number of years. And then they provide this really affordable living space, which is like a tiny house or an RV um, situation. And it's, it's very affordable. Um, it has a ton of support system, like a, a support system intact, support services on site and job opportunities in the village. And so it's like its own little mini town And it was brand new. And I went to talk to them and they were like, yes, we want your music program here. Please start it here. And we'll start right away. And so we started November, 2017. I started the pilot program at Community First Village. And I just finished, I just got home from running a circle this morning and we're celebrating five years of being in in action. You know, like this program has been running and I mean, weekly, we get feedback that is off the charts. Amazing. Like it makes me so grateful that this program exists within this population um, because the gratitude is just like constant of what, 
how much this program is affecting and changing their life and saving their lives and redirecting their course of life. I mean, it's just like phenomenal. Um, it's a very small operation running on a very tiny budget. And we had a three hour board meeting this morning. Um, but it's like really my passion project that I'm living daily and it's a labor of love and I adore it. Can you please describe for our audience how the music circle works? Yeah. So we've got this music circle flow that has been worked out over the course of a few pilot programs and, or just a few seasons. We tweak it just to see what works the best, but basically the way that it works is we all gather and we're kind of jamming while people are filtering in. We've got some snacks and drinks and it feels kind of like a party slash fire circle, you know, like, Oh, we're just a bunch of musicians and we're hanging out and we're like playing some songs around the fire. But of course there's not a fire because uh, we're meeting in the morning at places that don't have fires. But um, it's that vibe of just very casual and very fun. It's like community and friends. And then once everyone is there, we um, go around the circle and we introduce ourselves. And usually there's like some sort of fun anecdotal question about like, if you could be stuck in any movie, like what movie would that be? You know, just random stuff that that gets people to like not only give us their name, but something funny about them where you get to see a piece of their personality. And of course, many of the people that come have been coming for years. So but there's often there are often like new people or volunteers or whatever. And so then from there, we sing this song that I wrote before the program even started. It's called The Gathering Song, and it's also a chant. Um, it's really like a mission statement of sort of sorts. And like, it's like, we're stating our purpose together. And the words are, um, we are artists, we are singers, we are writers of these words, we are dreamers, we're creators, we are travelers of this world. We all sing our own song, we all write our own words, we will share what we know, we will gather here and grow. Mm. So it's really like a statement of like, hey, this is what we're here to do. Um, we have something to offer that's unique to us. And it's valuable like just because it's ours. Now, do the, all the participants get in on this or is it just you and the musicians and then everybody listens or starts to join in? Everyone kind of just joins into their capacity where they feel, you know, the, it's the, the idea is for everyone to join in. And we sing it every single week. We, we call it our workshop song and sometimes we like play with it and we're like, let's, this week, let's make it a rap. This week, let's make it like country and or like, let's make it like, you know, folky, very 70s folk. <laughs> and so we just change it up. Um, and we used to just use it as like a, a song that we knew the words to that we would just play with. Everyone, everyone joins in. And after we do the gathering song, we then open up to what's called a share round. And we basically popcorn around the circle and people will offer like a poem that they're working on or they'll re request that we play a song and we all sort of sing together or they just sing a song that they want to sing. Um, we have a lot of writers in the group, like songwriters. And so folks that are songwriters will share a song that they're working on or if they're a, a different type of musician, like a piano player, you know, um, they will they will offer up like a cover song that they love. So it, it just, that's, you know, and then after that is done, we have a really short exercise of musical exercise and then a couple more jam songs and then we're done. Gotcha. And, and obviously I 
100% believe in the healing power of music because that's part of what our foundation, uh, uh, part of our values and, and what we believe in music and we know to be true. So is there a particular example or a story that sticks out for you of a tangible or spiritual change that you've seen in, in a participant? Yeah, I mean, there are so many of these stories that I, every every passing season that goes by, it's like there's a new one added, you know, of, of these tra- watching immense transformations, which is so cool. Um, but I will, I will say that, you know, Scott Osborne, he is this prolific songwriter. But when he started coming to the circles, I didn't even remember that he was in the circles. He was so quiet. I almost thought of him as a different person, but he told me, he was like, yeah, that was me. I was, and it was like, two different humans almost for me because I had come to know the Scott that is today and forgot that that was like also Scott back in the day, which is hard to explain. But so just to say that transformation was that one of the biggest I've witnessed is uh, Scott, when he started coming to the circles, which was way early on, he came, but looked like someone who like really didn't want to be there. Like he wouldn't engage. He wouldn't, participate in anything. He just kind of kept his head down, super quiet, barely, you could barely hear what his name was. I mean, he was very, just kept a very small personality, like very small posture. You know, we'd always be like, you know, uh, just gesturing out to see if he wanted to kind of join in a little more. And I don't know how much time went by, but there was something that changed in Scott. And one day it's like, he started to, he shared a song. I think finally he shared like a song and we were like, whoa, <laughs> you write songs? And then he's like, yeah, you know, and anyhow, then he started to share. He'd be like, well, uh, since we last met, which is a week ago, I've written three songs. And he would play us one of them and they would be, I'm not joking, off the charts, amazing. Like we would just, our jaws would be on the ground and we're like, you just wrote that? And he's like, well, it's not perfect. I mean, I'm still working on it. It's no good. And we'd be like, Scott. I mean, after he'd play a song, it would be like silence and not in a way that was like, we can't even respond Mm -hmm. to what we're hearing right now. So he is that level of like incredible. Mm -hmm. And um, anyways, he now has formed his band. It's called the Scott Osborne Band. They gig around like he's playing this festival in October. And this is like a wild transformation to witness and his personality, which is even more profound to me to have witnessed. He is like, funny, cracking jokes. He's bold. He comes in, he's got, he knows everyone. Everyone knows him. He's like a community shaker and organizer and absolutely on fire. Like he is alive and vibrant and huge spirit and energy, which is night and day. And that same transformation of seeing someone go from this, like closed up, almost like shell, they almost read as like a shell of a person where you don't really know anything about them. And they're not speaking to like, coming in like alive and trusting and just completely lit up and playing their hearts out on harmonica, on piano, belting it out. We watch that transformation happen like constantly. You know, of course, a lot of times I'm like, well, we can't fully take credit. Oh my goodness, of course not. And then those folks, the same people, those friends of ours will come up to us and be like, no, your program is responsible for this. Like you have saved my life. Like this program has saved my life. It is, again, a living example of how music can transform and, um, and affect us in so many different ways. And, and how has this experience of working with 
these groups and these music circles. How has this affected your songwriting, for instance, with your latest album, Truth Is? I have learned how to reconnect with the play aspect of music, like playing music. I'm like, emphasis on play, where I feel like, I just said it today in the circle, I was like, I had the biggest smile on my face and I was like shaking two maracas and stomping my feet. And I was like, y'all, I was like, I feel like I'm five years old right now and I'm 41, you know? And I was like, I feel like in the circles, we all just like completely let ourselves be these uninhibited children of sorts. Like it, like our inner child just comes out and we're like, let's just have fun. You know, let's jam. I am a Skylark is a great example of a song that I probably would, if it weren't for home street, I bet you I would not have ever written that song and done a drone that was sort of in a Middle Eastern key, you know, or progression with spoken word on top of it. Like I wrote that on a weird synthesizer. The, I mean, this one behind me, actually, I wrote it like with a sort of synthesizer drone thing. And then I just did the spoken word poetry on top. And had it not been for Home Street, I, I just would not have done that before. I, I don't think I had that. I hadn't given myself that much freedom and to just play and be creative. Well, I've, I've listened to the album. I love it. It's, it's now going on heavy rotation this week in my playlist. Uh, I know I asked that of everybody else. It is a truly phenomenal album. I recommend everybody listen to it. Um, I would like to say one of my favorite songs on it is Oh Deliverance. And I would like to play a clip of that for everybody right now and then talk a little bit about that. Does that sound good? It sounds great. broken I am not lost I'm just trying to let go and embrace the fall there is a stillness there is a peace that would come and fill my chest if I could just release this long unending road has got me warm Oh, Deliverance, which is an original here from Vanessa Lively, who we're speaking with. And Vanessa, I'd love to hear what the uh, meaning of this song was for you in writing it. It's actually a song that um, there have been a few songs in my life that have come to me in the middle of the night, like when I'm asleep and I'll wake up and the song will just be kind of playing in my head and I'll crawl out of bed and record it on like in a whisper on my iPhone voice memo. And then I go back to bed. And um, this song has a funny origin story of coming to me on a night. I recorded it and then my iPhone died that day and I had to replace it and I I couldn't back it up. Uh, I just wasn't able to do the backup before getting the next iPhone. And I was like, oh, I wrote that song and I don't know what it sounded like. Oh, well, I guess, you know, uh, I just let it go or whatever. And then the next night I got woken up again with what I thought was a different song, recorded it. And on my new iPhone. And then like later that day, 
an iCloud backup came back down somehow. And I suddenly had the voice memo from the day before. And I was like, oh, cool. I get to hear that other song that I recorded last night or two nights ago. And I pressed play and it was almost like exactly the same identical song both times, which is weird. I mean, it was meant to be. The song was not going away. It was not going away. It was like, I'm going to wake you up again and you're going to sing it again into your iPhone just in case. So um, I remember... I remember telling my friend, I guess I need to write this song because it's come twice in a row. And so I went downstairs to my piano later that evening and I just started to like try to find the chords that went with the melody and I kind of plotted it out on the piano. And I'm not, a, I, I don't actually know how to play the piano to be honest, um, but I play by ear. And so the piano feels very easy to play by ear, but it's basically written in a time when I was really confused because things were really starting to kind of come apart in my marriage. And it was so hard for me to accept that um, because Jason and I were such a, what felt like such an unstoppable team that was never, ever going to be not together. Like that was just not even in my brain, nor was it in his. And then we had these kids and we were like musical partners and business partners and best friends. And so it felt so unsettling to feel like, gosh, something is just, breaking between us. And, um, and it was really hard and, you know, not going into any sort of like personal details of anything, but it's just like, you know, I, I know that a lot of people that have been through a, a disillusion of a, of a marriage or a long-term relationship knows that it's just like, sometimes it's really hard to let go. Um, when you still have so much love for that person and for your vision together and your family. So that's where that song comes from. It's just like, it's, it's kind of a quiet inner prayer of, my own inner strength and trust um, to be caught and and get through a, a hard chapter in my life. And for me and in my interpretation, it's the deliverance that happens with acceptance. A hundred percent. Yeah. Some, some things you can't change and you have to accept them like the old Irish prayer, uh, you know, the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. Oh, yeah. And that's, and I think accepting brings the serenity and the deliverance in so many ways. Yeah. And it's hard to let, you know, when it's really hard sometimes to let go of, of ideas and concepts when you really don't want to, like, you know, if you just don't want to let go. For fellow creatives and female musicians like yourself, especially, you know, I'm going to say the single moms out there, plenty of them, so many of them. From an artist's point of view, what advice would you give them going forward uh, as a creative? I feel like being conscious and intentional is so important, like to really claim what you want and state what you need and not feel bad. Like, I think that we are so, we're brought up in this culture as a woman to be a caretaker, a caretaker, to defer, to not make noise, um, to sort of just be polite and smile. And that can really work against us sometimes when we might be, you know, we might be getting intimidated by whatever, like something in society that's kind of trying to keep us in our place or push us down or whatever. And I think that the best thing we can do for ourselves is really own what we really want and say it out loud and say it to a friend and be held accountable and um, also learning to celebrate our accomplishments. I've been doing this practice with every woman that I know, and it's been spreading like wildfire, and it's called the Trinity. And it's basically, you, you talk to another woman, 
you say three things that you want to brag about, boldly brag, which we don't really do that often. We don't like brag. So three things, three things that you want to brag about, three things that you're grateful for, and three desires that you have. And you have to be really specific. And it's supposed to be a daily practice shared with a woman. I have just been doing this as often as possible. And it is, it's been building this strong, I already have like a strong sort of sisterhood around me, but it's deepening our bonds and making new bonds happen because I'm sharing it with other women and they're sharing it with women in their life. And we've all got this collective like practice that we're doing. What you focus on and what you put your attention to grows. So if we can just focus on like positivity and gratitude, we will have more of that. And if all we can see is what's negative, we probably will have more of that. Law of attraction. Okay, so what is the name of this practice again? The Trinity was uh, something that I heard through a woman named, she goes by the name Mama Jean. Mama Jean. Oh, thanks, Mama Jean. All about women empowerment, wrote a bunch of wonderful books, has like a women center. And so if people want to, and that's her like, that's her persona name. I forget her real name right now, but Mama Jean, the Trinity, the Trinity. Okay, everybody, we're going to have a mention of this on the show notes for today's episode, because I think that it's really important to walk away with something that you can do for yourself. And hopefully our episode has a positive impact for you and, and gives you ideas and inspiration for things that you can do for your life. Uh, Vanessa, what is the best way for people to be able to connect with you, your music and stay in touch? My website is, is, you know, a, one good space to find out information for sure. And that's vanessalively.com. I am active on Instagram, which is Vanessa Lively. I'm active on Facebook. So that's also Vanessa Lively Music. I hope that we have an opportunity to talk with you on air again. Yeah. And thank you so much for everything that you're doing for women too and women musicians. Um, it was so nice to get to know you back at our South by Southwest party and you know, that was even like a, a women focused event. And so it's just been really fun to have more of a, a, you know, this focus on women in music. Again, we're here with Vanessa Lively. We thank her so much for being with us today. And audience, we thank you for being here with us and joining our band of dreamers, rule breakers, and rock stars. Until next time, it's a wrap. Horizon Music, the podcast, is produced by Thea Wood Productions based in Detroit, Michigan. Giving credit where credit is due, we'd like to thank folks for their contributions to this episode, including Vanessa Lively for the song O Deliverance, Amir Halevi and Zhejiang Tang for audio production and editing, Bianca Garcia and her social media team, Emmy Ballard, Alexa Bessanegra, and Brianna Haxisimba. And last but not least, Pond5 for our theme music. If you would like to connect your brand with music lovers, please email podcast at horizonmusic.com. That's podcast at H-E-R-I-Z-O-N music.com. This podcast is the property of Thea Wood Productions, Inc. and is protected by copyright law. Use of this podcast is for personal and non-commercial purposes only. No other use of this production, including and without limitation, reproduction, retransmission, or editing may be made without prior consent from Thea Wood Productions, Inc. Submit all requests to podcast at horizonmusic.com.